0: The irony of it is, once you get really good at something, they take it away from you and make you go do something else.
1: Hey everybody, you are listening to Inside Skookum, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company. My name is Josh Lucas. And I'm Brad Schmidt. And this is part two of an interview we did with Mike Sales, the Senior Director of Creative Design at NASCAR. So if you haven't listened to episode one yet, Stop what you're doing. Go back. Make sure you check that one out before moving on to this one.
2: And so there's going to be two Joshes. This is like a between two Joshes episode. We've got Josh Miller who's going to be joining us, not to be confused with Josh Lucas that just spoke. Josh Miller is the VP of engineering here at Skookum. He's a former coworker of Mike's at NASCAR, and we're going to be discussing leadership lessons that they've learned in their careers and how they've implemented them while steering large teams in their companies. Yeah, we
1: really think that you're going to like the lessons that they discuss here. The information they're sharing is something that's applicable, whether you're a new hire to a seasoned veteran. We won't hold off any longer. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. I remember you making the comment that one of your biggest struggles was realizing that uh, I'm paraphrasing. Your mm-hmm. job is no longer creating the stuff. Your yes. job is now yes. leading the yes. creatives yes. and leading the people. Yes. That seems to be a recurring theme when I talk to folks in similar situations yes. as you. That's the biggest struggle yes. they have. Was yes.
0: that really? It was huge. It was a it was a huge struggle. Bec- well, one because because there's so much work to do, right? Because we manage so m- we 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 are responsible for so many different groups. The temptation. The quick and dirty thing for me to do is just get in there and do the work, mm-hmm. right? But that's not the most efficient way for me to do it, right? The, the, the most efficient way is for me to come up with processes and ways to work so that I don't have to do that stuff. Because when you have that much work coming through, there's problems that's going to crop up. There's clients that's going to get pissed off. There's issues that's going to come up between people that I need to be working on, too, but I can admit it, man, as a, as a creative, I like making stuff more than I like solving problems <laughs> like that. That was a failure as well, not wanting to let go of the thing that you really love for the thing that was coming. If you got something in your hand, you can't have nothing new put in your hand. You got to let that old thing go so they can put something new in your hand. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like it, the path to where you're trying to go is letting that old thing go and getting something new. But that was really difficult.
2: I know you mentioned that uh, you and Josh worked together on Drive and maybe uh, just kind of yeah. talk a little bit about how you guys got to know each other and yeah. uh, how you've worked together in, at NASCAR back in the day. So I came into NASCAR as a, uh, as a software engineer. Also didn't come in as a fan. And I think at the time, that's exactly what they were looking for. Yeah, yeah. you know, they wanted people that were new to the sport that didn't really know a lot about it. Yeah, Um, and right away, uh, one of the very first things that I did was uh, was working directly with Mike, Mm -hmm. taking some of the designs and things that he'd worked on and trying Mm -hmm. to translate those into, you know, into something visual on the web. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's challenging. Mike's right; Uh, the fact that he got grace from the teams is remarkable. Mm -hmm. One of the most surprising things for me was just the scale at which Mm -hmm. everything works. There's so many stakeholders. There's so much at stake. like Everything has to be right. It has to be performant. It has to be fast. It has to be stable. There is very thin margin for error in just about everything that you do. And it's really challenging to go in as a software engineer and have to build uh, digital products at that kind of scale and yes. with that kind of accuracy. Yes. And then for me, one of the most like nerve-wracking things was we've got this great design, and now I have to make this pixel-perfect. not only pixel perfect, but on every possible screen size and on every possible device and not tick off the fans and not tick off the sponsors and not tick off
0: everyone, right? And not tick off Mike, (laughs) (laughs) Who put all this hard work into building these great products. Yeah, yeah. So working with Josh was actually, before I even got this current job, job, working with Josh was when I started to realize the need for relational things, right? Realistically... I mean, we built the products now, so we can say this. Realistically, we were being asked to do more than what we should have been asked to do. Like, our our process and our project resources and all that stuff really wasn't enough to build what we were being asked to build. So in that space, when you're, being, when you're basically in a foxhole with somebody like that, if you don't have a good relationship with them, you're gonna be each other's throats.
1: But isn't that I mean, this kind of goes back to everything you've been saying, but yeah, those are really I've found the moments where they're they're pure hell in the moment. Yes. But looking back, that's yes. where you always seem to find the most growth.
0: Yeah, I would say two things. You can do the most growth there, but you need good teammates. Yeah. To grow properly because there's been situations I've seen. I'm blessed to not have been in them, but I've seen people in situations like me and Josh were in, and they didn't have good teammates and they came out burned on the other side or they came out bitter and they don't recover. The blessing for working with Josh in an environment like that was even though. I'm pissing Josh off because I'm yeah. demanding this pixel perfect that's hard, stuff. That's hard to do. Yeah. So, so I knew I was, but I knew it wasn't. I'm, so, so let me say it like this. Me and Josh both wanted the same thing, which was a great product. Yeah. The thing me and Josh figured out was that we wanted a great product, but we weren't being given everything we need to make a great product. And then we realized it's not either one of our faults. Right. It's not Josh's fault that this stuff is not as accurate as I want it to be. It's not my fault that I'm designing all of the stuff that really can't fit in the process. I'm being asked to design all this stuff to take care of all these stakeholders. He's being asked to build something super fast, super accurate, super stable with uh, fees that may or may not (laughs) populate and all this kind of stuff. And they might need to override it at the last minute because all this kind of stuff is being thrown at him. Right. Once you get to a point when you realize you and your teammate want the same thing, and it's not you just kind of stuck in the same foxhole together, then you can have relational growth and you can grow as teammates. Like I'm saying there are people who never learn what we just talked about. So when I failed at Daytona, here's the irony. I basically put my people in the same place that I had me and Josh was in. There's something about a culture that at some point that culture just becomes like that and if you don't make measures to change it, you're going to fail the same way. So unintentionally my people ended up in the same spot that me and Josh were in, which is being asked to do a lot but not really being put in a situation to do the best work. What I had to accept was that this time I couldn't blame ABC. Right. This time I'm the leader so it's my job to see that coming. Especially because I've been there before, so that's that was the adjustment. So even the stuff we went, I went through with Josh was beneficial down the line. So yeah. what were
1: the things that, what were the practices that you had to put into place? You, when you you're referencing, oh, yeah. you, you failed at Daytona. Yes. What did you implement in order yes. to ensure that that didn't happen the next
0: time? So on a high level, the, the 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 thing I had to really recognize was again what we talked about. My job had changed. My job was not to think like a designer or even so much be a designer. It was to basically solve problems so that my team could be in the best position to satisfy all these clients that we had, whatever those problems were. I had to figure them all out, whatever yeah. they were. So that was the first insight. Like your job has changed. You're thinking wrong. You need to think a new way. And then the second change I had to really accept was um, your team is bigger than just the eight, nine, ten designers that roll up to you. Your team is really now all these groups that you supply creative to. And you need to, you have to have empathy for them. I remember the tech talk, the first tech talk I did, not the full one, but um, the tech gathering, Josh did a presentation about um, ways to to satisfy a client or ways to do more for a client. And one of the things he said was, um, when you go spend time with a client, go sit with them two, three, four days to get to know them and basically embed yourself with the client. I had to start doing that stuff. Like I had completely neglected. I thought I knew what my clients needed. There were too many of them. There was no one size fit all way. So I had to basically change, extend the empathy that I had for my guys to everybody that we work with. Um, And then once I did that, I realized the tactical stuff you're talking about, what I needed to change we have a creative brief. It was generic. So If I've just sat here and told you, sometimes we're working on projects that go four or five months because they're on the platform. Sometimes we're turning around PowerPoint decks in three days. Sometimes we're turning around social media graphics in six hours. You can't have one creative brief with one way of inputting data for all those different types of things. So we had to adjust that stuff. We also just made a point to just engage our clients much more. It wasn't, we got much less reactive and much more proactive. Yeah, Especially the big clients that were sucking up a lot of our time and hours. We started like really engaging them and putting monthly, weekly meetings on the books with them. And they were like, on paper at the beginning, it was like, oh, we just want some FaceTime, blah, blah. But what it was really trying to do was almost make them like surrogate members of that team, Mm -hmm. Right. And also, getting insight in March for what's coming in June or July or whatever, um, that takes that relieves a lot of pressure off of you. So, those, so those are really things that we started doing. And and what you what we found was that when you get those kind of unsexy, tactical, process things out of the way and get them smoothed out and implemented properly, that actually creates creates more space to do really cool creative things yeah then you can get back to the stuff we really like right that's a hard lesson for me to learn but i had to fail to learn it but like you got to get all of this kind of non-creative stuff right first then you can do the stuff you really like to do
1: some of the best advice i was ever given the more attention to the details you give the Mm -hmm. more opportunity the more opportunity you have to improvise Yes. Um, and yes. it sounds like that's, that's exactly yes. what you're describing. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I had not given the proper attention to the way we work. I had given a lot of attention to the output of the work.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. We see that all the time, that in order to be successful as a team, you really have to trust the people that you're working with. right? And you just have to give up that ownership. And it's a really, really hard thing to do. But you build that relationship with your team, and you learn to trust them. Yeah, And then you feel better you know, yeah. ultimately about the work yeah. that gets done.
0: I remember last time I was here, I asked you, like, when was the last time you touched some code? Yeah, yeah. They don't let me do that. I <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> it's <the same. laughs> what I told you, dude, my, my guys, I try to help. them but they're like, man, go go away. You're just going to mess this up. Go, yeah. go fix a problem. Don't touch no design. Yeah. yeah, same, same, same. Yeah,
2: I hope every one of them is way better than I am at what they do.
0: What
1: you guys are describing is, like, you're – the better you get at your job you're eventually asked to stop doing it almost yes. and and really just manage the people who the people who eventually turn into the team that are doing what you used
0: to do essentially yeah. my 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 boss told me one time he said um the irony of it is once you get really good at something they take it away from you and make you go do something else yeah that's the game going up you show them that you can do something really good that they put in front of you. And then like, okay, great. Here's a new problem. Go fix that one. Yeah. But that's counterintuitive, right? Because yeah. it's like, what do you mean? I'm I'm good at this. I don't want to learn that. Let me just keep <laughs> doing this. They're like, no, we're we good on that. Go do something else. Well, right.
2: your value peaks, right? Uh, the better yes. you get at doing yes. what, uh, what you do, like your value starts to wane over time yes. to the yes. organization. Like yes. you can't. Yes. Only get so good as an engineer, yes. or as a designer. Yes, you yes. said this earlier about you know your analogy about Kobe, and I yes. sort of know who that is. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. He's, he's, he's kind of good at basketball. He's, he's good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's a great yeah. soccer
1: player.
0: Good, yeah, okay. good, yeah no. oh wait, um, it's soccer. Uh, <laughs> he's like uh, if Messi was like a really, really arrogant dude that people just tolerate because of talent. <laughs>
2: well, there's a perfect example, right? Yeah. He's only so good at what he does, yeah. and when he goes and plays with his country team like they don't do well yeah because it's just him yes and then a whole bunch of other dudes who are just following him around the field yes yes right yes you only get so good at what you do that your value really becomes making the people around you better yes and elevating them yes to that same place and then their value becomes elevating the people around them making them better yeah and so at some point you do less of what you're really good at yes and you just facilitate for other people and enable and empower them
1: best leaders that i've worked with are the people who are excited for you to succeed and put you in front of themselves so that you can succeed because ultimately if you do that it elevates the team and that person so it's really it's really a win-win but it's a struggle it seems like for some people to feel like almost like the spotlight might be pulled away from them
0: so i think I, i had situations like this specifically um on a high level it's a risk Right, it's always a risk when you pull out of a situation that you know and put somebody new in it because you're always gonna have, going back to the Reuters example, you're always gonna have a young person who might put the dissident instead of the diplomat <laughs> and get everybody in trouble, right? Like you, ha- But at, at, at some point you just have to be ready for that. Like You just have to accept that that's the price for growing people, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna make mistakes, it's gonna be problems, that's part of your job to hopefully anticipate them, but sometimes you can't, and it's just gonna, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, you have to, but they're not gonna get better if you're always holding their hand, right? Like, there are people on my team who I've, I've just thrown in the fire on some really, really difficult, complicated projects, but I, in my heart, I felt like this person can handle it, right, there's a point where you have to look at your folks and be like, this person can handle it, I'll put them there, and be willing to say this is what I don't know how it is for an engineer, but I know for a designer be willing to say that's not going to look like it would look if I did it and be OK yeah. with that. Yeah, like it's not that person is not going to design that site the way I would design that site. And you have to just say, OK, because when you were in that space, your job was not to make your boss happy. Your job was primarily to make the client happy so if that design is making the client happy even if it looks different than what you were going to do you got to be okay with it yeah i mean i
2: was just going to say as as you move further up into a leadership position
0: like the biggest
2: challenge for me and probably mike you've experienced the same thing is that you learn to find your success in the success of others yeah right and it's really hard thing to do because you're giving up control of so many things yes but that's where I think empathy really becomes a a strong point is that in order to let those people become successful, you have to let them fail as well. Yes, Right. The same way that you're getting credit or the same way that you're being given that grace and that leeway to fail, you have to give that to others. And it's, it's self-perpetuating.
1: We'd really like to thank Mike and Josh both for coming in and sharing some wisdom with us. I hope you were able to get as much out of this as I was also don't forget if you need more skookum in your life follow us on social or if you're in the charlotte or denver areas you can always check us out in person at our tech talks happening at the charlotte and denver offices so with that don't forget until next time stay nerdy